1: Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at Poor Richard's Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Justin Thomas. Uh, the high school soccer playoffs begin this week, so that will be the focus of, uh, of this week's podcast. We're going to preview the uh, the action happening in the in the boys postseason for uh, for today's podcast, and on Thursday we will uh, touch on the uh, what's happening over on the girls side. Um, I'm pretty happy that I guess the matches will start Thursday night, so none mm-hmm. of the things that we talk about will be out of date by the time the playoffs yeah. actually get going for sure. Um, so yeah. We're We're going to uh, kind of approach this a bit similar to how we did basketball, just because we have so many teams to talk about. Um, We're going to break this up into four separate parts, one for each region um, that we prioritize. So we'll talk Region 1 and 2 and 6A on the first half of the podcast. And then talk regions one and two for five A eh, on the back half. Um, four different assemblages of, uh, of employees, and um, yeah, we'll see what we can do to, to break down the action in the upcoming high school soccer postseason. And just in a time that is a never, a, never a lack of, a, of ways to stay busy for you, man. I'm not no. sure. I'm not sure there is a reporter hmm. in the, that covers high school sports, be it in Dallas, be it in Texas, be it across the country, that has more on their plate over these next couple weeks than you, man, with all the schools that you have yeah. in, your, in your territory and schools that are probably. Going to be hanging around for quite a bit because when you think Louisville ISD, when you think Capel, typically they, uh, you know, they're they're known to make some uh, some noise in the postseason. So let's start.
2: We're talking. I counted between my five cities, fifteen soccer teams that made the playoffs.
1: (laughs) That is insane. (laughs) We count boys and girls. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk Region One Six A for this uh, this quarter of the podcast, and for that we'll focus on District Six Six A and the four teams that are bound from uh, from that district, all in your coverage area. Mm-hmm. So um, I mean, yeah, we have Flower Mound who is the one seed, Capell the two seed, Marcus the three seed, and Hebron as uh, the four seed. Where do you want to begin, man? Well,
2: how about just real quick for starters? Mm-hmm. You have a team like Irving that made the state tournament last year that yeah. finished sixth in the district.
1: Um, it is a bit of a different <laughs> ball game when you're uh, when you're having to battle against. against. Against those Louisville ISD schools night in, night out.
2: Yeah, so Flower Mound first, Coppell second, Marcus third. Um, Real quick, just on Friday, um, a little bit of an upset. Louisville, you know, they were, shout out to the farmers, they were Mm. fighting for their playoff lives Tuesday against Huron and lost. But they, you know, they came back and got up for their rivalry game against Marcus on the last day and um, upset Marcus and threw a little wrench in the standings. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Marcus won that game. They would have been the second seed, but Louisville got them. So instead, Coppell gets the second seed. I guess just running through the matchups, so Flower Mound's going to take on Byron Nelson. That'll be 7.30 Thursday at Byron Nelson. Coppell will get Geyer, third out of 5 6 a 6 o'clock Thursday at Lake Dallas. Marcus will play Keller, 7.30 Thursday at Grapevine. And Heburn will take on mighty unbeaten Southlake Carroll, 7 o'clock Friday at Heburn. Mm-hmm. So they get a little flip-action home game mm-hmm. there, I guess. Um, I guess we can start with Flower Mound. I was trying to kind of dig around and find out the last time they had won a district championship. I can't recall it happening since I've been working here. So wow. I'm not sure when when it last happened. If it had happened before, I haven't really tracked that mm. down. But props to the uh, Jaguars. Um, got up to that fast start. Hit a little three-game lull. Actually lost, I think, three in a row maybe. And then just finished super strong to win the district. And they'll get a Byron Nelson team that um, hasn't won a playoff game since 2014. Flymounts, of course, coming off um, winning and getting to the area around last year, so mm-hmm. um, that'll get kicking off at Thursday. Um,
1: Flymounts, a team that had uh, some national buzz yeah, earlier in the season, yeah, and then yeah, right. they, you know, they fell out of mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, the state poll for TopDrawerSoccer.com. Yeah, I think but that
2: little, you know, some, you know, how some of those rankings go. That yeah. little three-game skid dropped them, and they've just kind of been working their way back ever mm-hmm. since. But yeah, plenty of talented team. That very good defensive team and uh, experienced team for head mm-hmm. coach David Doyle there. Then you look at two of the uh, playoff stalwarts. You got Capella in there for oh, the yeah. 22nd year in a row and Marcus in there for the 28th year in a row. Um, really looking toward. Th-
1: what, <laughs> what impressive <laughs> streaks those are. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. For Mark, that's got to almost date back to when they opened, which is crazy. Yeah. But um, really intrigued to see how this Marcus mm-hmm. team uh, plays out Thursday at Grapevine because you know last year they were obviously entered as the district champions mm-hmm. and then got upset in the first round. I think it. McKinney, maybe I think McKinney got him in the first round last year. Maybe
1: was it was it McKinney or was it Allen? I can't remember. I, Actually, I, I think it might have been McKinney. Now that you mentioned yeah. that, okay, yeah.
2: But um, yeah, so obviously, yeah. plenty of motivation for Marcus after you know getting upset in the first round last year. Um, a lot of tradition there. Uh, they have a head coach that's um, you know used to winning, winning a couple state championships when he was at Coppell, Chad mm-hmm. Rakestraw, before he went to Marcus. So, but, interesting to see how Marcus. Uh, they're going to be pretty fired up for that one. And then um, Coppell Denton Geyer Should be interesting You know Coppell Sneaks up into second They get a Geyer team That finished third But that Geyer team um, Is one of the few teams That you know Played Went toe to toe With Carroll And they Mm -hmm. actually Got the draw against Carroll So one of the only matches The Dragons (coughs) Excuse me The Dragons didn't win This season So And then I guess That'll bring it To the fourth matchup From the district You got Hebron getting back to the playoffs for the second time in the last five years. They have a new head coach there, Matt Zimmerman, who was an assistant when they made it to the regional finals two years ago. Okay. So um, Didn't make it last year, but they've rebounded this year. But they have a tall task, as I said, that Carroll team's top-ranked team in the region, undefeated. So, um, And I believe they have a first-year coach there, too. I don't think Greg Oglesby is there anymore. Okay. But um, Carroll's been rolling. They outscored their district opponents 38-6. to So. Jeez. But like we've seen... From a lot of these teams, and I'm sure we can get to in nine six A and stuff mm-hmm. too. Like, man, you can throw the seedings out in, in soccer almost more than any yeah. other sport.
1: You had last year. I remember it was like the Allen girls were coming off yeah. this this mm-hmm. undefeated run through District nine six A, just beating the brakes off of everyone in yeah. sight, and then they got taken to a, a shootout against Hebron. against Hebron. Hebron. Yeah, four yeah. seeded Hebron. So, um, yeah, I mean those those I S D schools. I mean just, that's that is not a normal district no, yeah. when it comes to soccer. We just talked
2: about you know Marcus losing in the being one seed being upset. I remember, mm-hmm. what, three years ago, Flower Mound with girls were a four seed and they won the state championship. So There you go. Yeah. Uh,
1: as far as a look at kind of the rest of the region, as far as where some of the other, uh, I guess, some of the other heavyweights lie uh, beyond our coverage area. If you're just looking, uh, I guess the poll that we it's have to kind of use...
2: Heavyweights not in this from this district like
1: <laughs> there actually are um, <laughs> yeah, just no, no. looking at uh, at com in their state poll which combines you know 5A 6A private schools yeah. every, everybody um, they have 5 schools from region 1 in their top 20 know the most of any yeah. the most of any region in 6A. Um, you have number two South Lake, you mm-hmm. know, and then um, number nine Grand Prairie, number fourteen Richardson Pierce, number eighteen W.T. White, and then number nineteen Duncanville. So I don't know how the bracket would shake out to where yeah. you know if any of these Lewisville IS teams advance, you know, when they would see one of those programs. But uh, yes, certainly not a uh, you know not lacking for depth is Region One in yeah, <laughs> on 6A. Um, yeah, and I guess that'll that'll be a cursory look at what to expect out of uh, at least Region One. So Look at some of the what is in store for some of the Louisville ISD schools? What is in store for Capel? Um, still plenty more to talk about though over in Region 2, be it District 96A, 106A, 116A, and we will uh, do a quick line change and pick it up in a bit. And let's pick things up with a look at uh, Region 2 out in Class 6A. I'm still here, did a quick line change though. Mm-hmm. We got Kendrick Johnson as well as Devin Hassan, McKinney. Rowlett and Mesquite represented. So, yeah, uh, hey guys, let's talk some uh, some region two. And for this, we'll focus on District Nine Six A, Ten Six A, and Eleven Six A. Um, you know, Kendrick, we got a lot of McKinney ISD love in the uh, out of District Nine A this year. So let's let's start there. So, the the final standings for District Nine A: You had Allen in first place, McKinney in second place, McKinney Boyd in third, only one point separating the two uh, the two crosstown rivals, and uh, Prosper in fourth place with twenty four points. So, yeah, let's let's start. I mean, McKinney was you know. We 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 kind of expected McKinney to be able to make some noise at the start of the season, you know, for a program that i don't know if they've uh, when the last time they entered the season with like, you know, expectations. Expectations were like worthy of contending for district yes. championships and, you know, expecting a high playoff seed. So, um, I mean, yeah, obviously the Lions seem yes. to be clicking along just fine now. So, just uh-huh. what do you what's the read on where McKinney's at heading into the uh, into the first round?
3: The, um, McKinney's been playing good ball. They've been finding ways to win games. They've um played good um against Allen came up they came up short against them. Came up short against Crosstown rival Boyd. But other than that, they found a way. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things they are not flashy. They do everything basic. But once they get that lead, it's hard for them to l- give away that goal because they play a very tight, structured mm-hmm. defense. Okay. And I'm pretty sure you've seen them on the back end. They're very strong. Mm-hmm. And then on, the, on my other uh, team, Boyd, what have they not went through? They've rebuilt <laughs> on the fly. They lost more games this year than they lost the last three years combined. And yet still... The boy Broncos are in the playoffs for the ninth mm. year in a row. That you saw the the dramatic game yeah, where Roberto they had to, be, they had to rally Johnson. late in the season to to, to, to extend the, that the, postseason. The, this is how crazy it was. They they won. I think they went six and one in the back end of the district, and the only loss was to Allen. Mm. So they beat everybody and got three points against everybody to get that spot. Including on Friday night, they were up. They just got a goal um, by one of their key freshmen. um... Can't get. I can't recall his name. He um, he scored in the 11th minute, and then the next thing we know, um, good old um, the McKinney scores in the 77th minute. So it's like, oh, what's going to happen this time? Spencer Sarkeesian, the freshman, scored. And then, beginning of the year, Coach Peake had me speak to um, Roberto Gonzalez and Drew Reynolds. And Drew Reynolds is kind of like, they lost Jack Monty. He's like that spiritual leader. He's like, man, we're just going to play hard. And when somebody's time, you got to be ready to rise. So it was his time Friday night. The guy scored with 53 seconds left to keep the playoff streak alive. That's not dramatics, yeah. that, and Coach speaks that he's never had two game winners that dramatic in back to back games. Mm-hmm. He's been coaching for nine years, and when you saw one, I saw one. Yeah, because it was so. it
1: was in the seventy seventh minute the Tuesday prior against Plano when they snapped what was an otherwise a scoreless game at yeah. that point, just an absolute dead heat. So and that goal, you know, was the one that ultimately wound up clinching that playoff spot because if form holds on Friday, you know, then Plano gets that yeah, spot right. over Boyd. So yes, Roberto uh, Gonzalez Gutierrez coming through with a massive, massive goal to keep the Broncos' season. Explode. We actually yeah. have a crossover between the two of y'all for the first round with uh, that very uh, that very same Boyd team, uh, sexy That uh, let's see, that game is uh, let's take got the schedule right here. That I haven't seen
3: is- seventeen Sachse play. I know a very talented team from Coach Peak, but I'm looking for the experience of Boyd with them going. They've been in Bayless for the last two weeks, basically. That's going to yeah. come in handy. Yeah. I don't know sexy Seemed like they kind of had a cakewalk through that district for the most part. It
4: was. It wasn't necessarily a cakewalk. I mean, they finished second. Um, but, I mean, they, you're right, they haven't had to, have to play with the same sense of urgency because they've basically known their spot. They were going to be the second seed, and they've known that since really before spring break. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, they took the, the time off, but even coming back, they just had the one match on Tuesday, but their their, their seed was already uh, settled. So, uh, you know, it's a sexy team that uh, doesn't quite have the experience it, it's, it's had in, in years past. Uh, it is used to playing close games, so if that's what you're looking at. Uh, they they're, they played 23 matches this year, 18 have been decided by two goals or less, and 15 of them have been decided by one goal or gone to a shootout. So, they're used to playing, you know, for good or for bad, they're used to playing uh, tight. Uh, Miguel Their outstanding goalkeeper has 14 shutouts this season. Their defense as a whole is giving up .5 goals Per game, so that's that's their their backbone. That's that's really what's got them to this point. Uh, Luke Braswell was one of their few returning starters. He kind of uh, spearheads that defense. They've had different guys step up offensively: um, Miguel Abdo, Addison Perez, uh, Isaac Holkowitz early on. But you know, just and it's it's been a different guy every week. And if you look at their last game against Rallette, which was a six five loss and one of the most entertaining games of the district season. Um, you know, guys like Ethan Sampson and Nathan Dominguez um, and Anthony, I'm going to pronounce this, ovanesians I hope I got that right. <laughs> He's, he scored twice. But guys that you didn't really hear a lot from offensively during the course of the season mm-hmm. stepped up. So that was kind of what they were looking at. Uh, Coach uh, Jacob Bruhl out there was looking for different guys to step up. And, and I think they feel like they're peaking at the right time, but obviously they're going to running into a, a, a season's uh, team, well-tested team in McKinney-Boyd that's got a lot of tradition over there.
1: Saxe and Boyd, that one is 7.30 Thursday out of- at Homer B. Johnson Stadium in Garland, um, you actually have another crossover with uh, with Prosper, Rowlett, uh, Rowlett, and Prosper. They square off that same night, eight o'clock at McKinney North. Um, just what's the read on Rowlett right now, and how they're faring heading into the playoffs after a a, a tremendous district campaign? Yeah,
4: you know, in Rowlett, uh, I will say that they're probably one of the most entertaining teams okay. in the area. Uh, this is their 17th straight playoff appearance. Uh, first outright district championship though since 2006. Uh, they went through uh, a district play without losing a game regular. Uh, averaged 3.9 goals in district. Um, haven't been shut out all year, but they don't shut a lot of people out either. So it lends to they're not always the six to five affairs like you saw uh, against Saxby last week. Um, but you know they, they they like to push it. They have two of the best scorers in the the state, if you want to go that far. Uh, Kevin Adolfo, their outstanding Mm -hmm. junior, has 34 goals and 18 assists. Uh, Carson Prestridge, who made the move from defense to striker this year, has 22 goals and 19 assists, but... He was injured recently, and it doesn't look like he's going to be around for the playoffs. He's doubtful, um, and that's a huge, huge mm-hmm. blow to Ralevitz because that, that, that one-two punch up front was just something that very few teams have been able to, to slow down. But, but talking with Coach Cartman Mertre, he said early on, and he, he maintained it to this day, they go 20 deep. He's not shy about rotating and, get, and putting the 20th guy on that roster in, into the game. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to have to call on that depth now to, to make up some of that lost offensive production. Dalton Reyna, who's a transfer from Potique who's an outstanding offensive player at Potique has had some big moments. Uh, freshman Oscar Martinez has made an impact. Guys like Tyler Griffin and Andrew Martinez. Um, these are the guys that are going to have to step up. I mean, obviously, Kevin Aldolfo is going to be a marked man mm-hmm. that hasn't seemed to slow him down yet. Uh, but, you know, that's certainly, when you lose a player of that caliber, uh, it's going to have an impact. But, again, they're the number one seed. Uh, I know Prosper is probably not an ordinary four seed coming out of mm-hmm. 9 6 A. But this is a rally team that, I mean, they don't back down from expectation, and their expectation is to win the state championship. And then, you know, if you don't shoot for the... Shoot for the top. Why shoot at all? Type yeah. thing, and so you know they got to get that first one. Uh, they got to figure out how to uh, to, to kind of rally rally the troops. But I mean, I think this is a rally team, certainly capable of making a nice little run. And
1: they'll be running into a Prosper team that's really kind of trying to find its way at yeah. the moment. Prosper Prosper had a very strange week. So Prosper began last week with a, with an outside crack at potentially mm-hmm. splitting a district championship. They were within shouting distance of Allen. You know, they were going to Allen and with a chance to you know potentially tie the Eagles for first place. They lose that match to Allen and then they lose to Plano last Friday 3 to 2. And, I mean, they had a shot at the one seed, potentially, if they would have beaten Allen, and now the four seed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a, a very strange week for the Prosper Eagles. Just a team that's trying to, again, find its way. They've, I mean, this is four consecutive matches without a win for them. They've given up 11 goals over that stretch. And, I mean, you saw it against a Plano team that found out mere moments before taking yeah. the field that they were out of the playoffs. A Plano team that really had nothing to play for, and they went into Prosper and beat them 3-2. I mean, yeah. so... You just talk about just the need to, you know, kind of be on a roll and just the momentum of entering the playoffs. playoffs. Something, that, something that is certainly in Rowlett's favor, injury aside, and, you know, for Prosper, I mean, it's just been it's just been kind of night and day for a team that was, you know, that had, you know, knocked off Allen during the first half of district and looked like, you know, one of the true, you know, 9-6A elite. And just uh, it's kind of, like I said, they've given up 11 goals in their last four matches. And, you know, talking with head coach Ryan Rogers after that loss to Plano, it just boils down to just simple communication. So, obviously, uh, yeah, it, it's go time because... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but against a uh, roulette team with that kind of firepower, I mean, Kevin Adolfo, even if he is, you know, by himself out there, I mean, that is still Very as cool. potent a player as
3: yeah. as Prosser will have seen all season. That's inside. Christian, Christian Ronaldo's stats right <laughs> there, man. <laughs> right. I'm holding this question to both of y'all. How much you think, because me and Matt cover nine, six, eight with the not having the shootouts, I've seen it happen two years in a row. Um, McKinney um, played. Uh, McBoyd played. South Lake lost two years ago in shootouts, even though they were undefeated and number one in the state. Last year, went to a dramatic shootout, mm. won it, and used that momentum to go all the way to the regional final. And the fact that I, I don't know if they do it in the Garden District, but those shootouts they they make up, shootout. and they don't do it in 96A. Yeah. So I I wonder how much that ha- helps or hurts you in the playoffs.
4: Yeah, there there are a few things across the board. In, in, in all of high school sports, it is more pressure-filled than taking a PK. Oh, yeah. Especially the deeper you get into the shootout. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a completely different animal in the playoffs as it is in the regular season. But the experience certainly helps. Mm. Uh, I mean, and, and you know, uh, Rylette went to two shootouts uh, during the course of the year. I think Sachse went to three. Um, and so it's it's not, you know, they, it, they haven't been a, in, in a lot of shootouts. But, yeah, any any of that experience helps for me from a sense of, of getting a rotation and, and kind of the players knowing where they're going to be shooting, if they're going to be the lead guy, if they're going to be shoot, taking a fifth kick. You know, just having that kind of prior knowledge uh, and expectation mm-hmm. when it comes down to it so they're not just really thrown off guard by the situation at hand. And
1: just the, the mental aspect, too. It's something that you can't simulate in practice before. Because, obviously, you try, you like, try. at this point of the season, like this is what like the schools in 9 6 are doing. Now they're starting to ramp up and do more shootout based drills during practice just to try to simulate the atmosphere the best they can. But the truth is, you really just can't because it's one thing I mean, there's no consequence in practice that's going to measure up to the level of, oh, yeah, I guess <laughs> your, the, the season's over. Distance, yeah, your season's hanging in the balance. So I really do think, yeah, I really do think that it does matter. And uh, yeah, we'll see if that intangible comes into play. But yeah, I've, that's interesting that you bring that up, Kendra, because I too have wondered if there is any sort of inherent benefit to, uh, you know, having prior experience in shootouts during the regular season games that obviously don't care carry the same weight as a postseason matchup but it's still you know it's at least something that's worth taking into consideration
3: and the thing with Boyd is they uh I don't they weren't ready as juniors that group And last year they were but the fact that it happened against the same team they had kind of meant yeah. we want to see that so I think it could have been even different from them and they would play somebody mm-hmm. else because it makes that big of a difference
1: we have one more team in 968 to talk about before we shift gears to a uh, Mesquite ISD and that is the uh, the district champs Talk Allen. Allen, mm-hmm. uh, fresh off a uh, its best regular season ever. I'm guessing. I mean, first ever district championship, a a ten to two finish in district, a twelve and two finish, I should say, in uh, in district uh, district nine a ten points better than second place McKinney. I mean, they were by every metric the the best team in the district this season, and uh, a year that kind of uh, you know for a team that their playoff hopes went right down to the wire last season. You know, didn't get in until I believe the final night of the regular season. So to take the leap that they did this season and um, just kind of talking with, you know, head coach Kim Fullerton, talking with the players and just kind of what has been, what they attribute to the, um, just to this, this leap how Allen has now become, you know, just the, you know, boys soccer is now getting on par with you know, with the rest of the athletic programs there and it's something that I think, you know Fullerton saw like as early as the offseason and he said like straight up this was the most difficult offseason he has ever put his kids through and um, he's really uh, the work ethic you know really kind of fell in line with the talent this year and it's um it's panned out I mean they've uh, said so they finished with a goal differential of plus 18 they only allowed five goals all district campaign um, it, a lot of it is just a ton of depth on defense guys like Edwin Shivers and Jackson Jarbo. plus I mean they uh, a bit of a a bit of a blessing in, uh, in disguise you almost think when they have actually lost their starting goalkeeper to injury at the Started the season had a sophomore Jackson Levitt come in and Levitt has not let that position go and you know he's yeah. been you know one of the best goalkeepers in the district and probably in line for some sort of superlative yeah. goalkeeper of the year newcomer of the year what have yeah. you and I mean yeah their defense has just been
3: just so so they set impressive. up counterattacks they're mm-hmm. very they're very efficient counterattacks they could be like laying back laying back in the strike. and you got that look that my boys from Boyd had when they. When they got beat, I was very really impressed with Allen's team, and they have. Written, well, who's the two leaders, the two captains they have on their team? Uh, they feed off those two yeah, guys.
1: Yeah. Reed Barry. Reed Barry is one of them. Reed Barry, who's their leading goal scorer. He can play too. He's not yeah. just an
3: emotional leader. He can go score yeah, to yeah, a goal yeah, too. He can Kim, good.
1: <laughs> head coach Kim Fulton said that Reed Barry is one of the best talents to ever come through that program. It is, you know, his senior season is every bit befitting of that sort of praise. Um, it's a very patient offense, and that's yeah. one thing that they,
3: they don't beat themselves.
1: That thing has helped them out is that they don't get, you know, they don't get rattled if, you know, if a look isn't there really if they go through a first half and it's because they feel like they're a second half team they feel like that chance is eventually going to present itself so they don't press if the goals are coming early on if the chances aren't you know um you know they're for them and they just know that when that opportunity is there they'll find a way to cash in and it sounds simple in nature that's but it's a,
3: something that's an, uh, it's a mindset that has really paid off and they're a very big team like they remind me of the boy team from last year they're not as fast cause that team was phenomenal mm-hmm. but they're fast enough they're a team like you know they keep running they keep running you're like oh I got this and then they get you that one time and that one time will be in your season
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I mean it's been such a season of, of firsts for them and just such, an, such uncharted waters for them relative to their uh, you know to their history and they've got a chance now, I mean, they've only been out of the first round one time since 2010. Wow. So, I mean, that, I mean, they haven't Save been them. three rounds deep since 2008. So, I mean, there's a chance for Allen to have a pretty memorable playoff campaign. I mean, again, they checked every box during the regular they season. Said, yeah. Now it's it's right they there. Look they look and they
3: are the part. Because yeah. some of these teams, you don't see them. You're like, I see the record. They don't look that good. This team is the part. Y'all may believe it out of me, Allen. Good luck to y'all. <laughs>
5: Allen
1: opens up its, uh, its playoff run 6 o'clock uh, Friday, I should say, against Garland, this one out at Williams Stadium. Um, yeah, so let's quickly shift gears back to you, Devin. Let's talk Mesquite ISD. What's uh, what is shaking over in eleven six A, and just how are you feeling about Mesquite ISD heading into the first round?
4: Well, uh, Mesquite North Mesquite are both in. Uh, this was a district that came down to the final day on mm-hmm. Friday. There were still five teams competing for four spots. Mesquite, as it turned out, Mesquite and North Mesquite both needed to win. Um, whether it be in shootout or in regulation uh, in order to make the playoffs and uh, Mesquite was able to do that they went on the road uh, mm-hmm. to East Texas to take on Longview uh, in a game that ended in a scoreless draw went to penalty kicks and Mesquite ended up winning 4-3 to three in penalties uh, which had their very odd scene of two teams both celebrating. I saw the video of that. <laughs> Mesquite was celebrating, yeah. making the playoffs and finishing in second place. But at the same time, Longview, even in losing, found out that Rockwell Heath got beat. Yeah. So they're celebrating. So, yeah, it was just a uh, very odd <laughs> team. But, um, you know, this is a Mesquite team that expects to be here. Uh, they've made the regional quarterfinals in each of the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, real close to making the regional tournament. Uh, real balanced team. I mean, Kevin Parr leads him in scoring. He's got 12 goals and 4 assists. So he's kind of a go-to guy if you wanted to... If you had to define one, but there's so many different other guys. Um, Edson Alvarado and Anthony Garcia, their senior captains, that do a great job out there. Uh, Fre- David Perez is a freshman who's mm-hmm. come in and scored seven goals. Uh, Lenny Andres had kind of a breakout year with six goals. But there's, I mean, all sorts of these other guys: Edgar Carrasco, and Oscar Moran and Daniel Castaneda. These are all guys who contribute on a consistent basis on that offense. And, and I mean, you know, they they've only been shut out twice all season long. So kind of like for Owlette, they're a team that can put goals on the board, um, and if, if their defense puts out the type of effort that they can, that they're capable mm-hmm. of, this is a Mesquite team. I think that that can, you know, make another run, three rounds deep, maybe make to the re- that breakthrough to the regional tournament. You know, they have Waco, uh, a team we don't know too much about, um, mm-hmm. here uh, at a twelve six a. They play seven thirty Thursday at, at Hamby Stadium in the opener. So. You know, it's, it's, it's a mesquite team that's playing with a lot of confidence and, and expects, like I say, the expectation is not just to be here, but to move on. Uh, the same is true for North Mesquite. Uh, you know, a team that uh, Eric Bertrand is one of the best players in the, in the area that, you know, probably a lot of people haven't heard of. Uh, he led for the second straight year, he was the offensive player of the year in mm-hmm. the district last year. He led the district in scoring this year despite missing most of the first half with an injury. Um, still led the district in goals scored. Um, Uh, a North Mesquite program that's had some Successfully. I mean, they went to the state tournament mm-hmm. in 2015, the regional finals in 2016. Obviously, this is a different crop of players, but that that, exp- that I guess that tradition is in place. Uh, they're coming off a huge momentum. I mentioned them needing to win uh, to get in. Well, they did it in dramatic fashion because they were less than a minute than go- from going to a shootout, which was going to jeopardize <laughs> because not- they needed that full three to make sure that they oh, made the playoffs. Okay. And Hector Castillo uh, drills a-, a perfectly placed free kick, curls it right around the wall and ended the just beats the club. I believe there's 44 seconds left uh, to beat Rockwell Heath one and nothing. The Rockwell Heath team, that was playing for a share of the district championship, mm-hmm. so it wasn't as if they were, you know, playing a team with nothing to play for, but, um, you know, Adolfo Zamoripa, uh, Alonzo Zamoripa, these are guys that have stepped up. Tyler Little, uh, Ricardo Rodriguez, uh, Diego Gonzalez, they've had a lot of different guys. I mean, Herbert Berger Her- 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 is the guy that makes that team go. Um, but there are others that have stepped up around him. And it's just a North Mesquite team that's been playing very well of late. Obviously, I think that that way that they made the playoffs gives them a huge momentum boost going forward. And they play another. I mean, they play Waco Midway, and we, we don't know much about Waco Midway except that they're generally good at pretty much everything. <laughs> and uh, I know it's another program with a lot of traditions. So I mean, it should be it should be a good battle. It's going to be six p.m. Friday um, out at the Midlothian ISD uh, Athletic Complex. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, two tough challenges. Uh, uh, you know, for the Mesquite schools against, school, against programs and teams they don't know very well. But I mean, I think both of them are going in uh, and should feel very optimistic about the chances.
1: And uh, yeah, while we're on the subject of our uh, region. That's a nice way to transition to our student-athlete spotlight. We were just mentioning McKinney Boyd and their, uh, their late-season rally to extend their playoff streak. One of the key reasons to that was the play of uh, Roberto Gonzalez Gutierrez, who kind of got a chance to swing by and talk with for our student-athlete spotlight. We will see what Roberto had to say after a word from this sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast.
3: Kim Johnson, a board senior star soccer player, Roberto Gonzalez Gutierrez. How's it feel to be back in the playoffs, man? At the going through last week. Just give me some insights to last week, all. Every game, every second counted. Um,
6: yeah, it was it was a great week for us. Uh, we took the two doves. We had to win. We knew it was on our hands to uh, take it to back where we were last year, and we're really excited to continue the playoffs.
3: But break down your your game winner against um, Plano. And how that momentum carried over into Friday.
6: Oh uh, Against Plano, well, uh, it was a hard game. We, it was bo- for both of us. We were, like, life on the line. It was ride or die, So the coach told us. And we just took it to them. Second half, three minutes left. We had to score. We scored it to win. And it was extremely hype. Uh, it just picked us up and got us ready for the next game against High. where It was a close game. They took it to us the first ten minutes. It was They were good. It was good. Great competition, but we came out on top.
3: What was your emotions when they scored the goal in the 77 minute to tie it up? And y'all know y'all gotta find a way to make something happen, mm-hmm. and you only got three minutes to do it. What was y'all mindset? Because yeah. y'all never panicked, at least from watching y'all, it looked like y'all were panicking.
6: Yeah, I mean, um, it was just, we, we just gotta keep it composed. Don't get too emotional, because that always, like, I um, mean, we we just had to keep composed, and I mean, to be honest, uh, I thought we were gonna tie it, but we just came, we just kept going, fighting till the end, and scored it, thankfully.
3: The first time I'm to your question was last year in the regional semifinals on the, on that windy Friday out there in Midland. How does that momentum carry over for your whole season? And how does that help you stay strong for your team in all these key moments because you keep coming up big? Was that kind of like the springboard? Because I remember at that time, that was the biggest goal of your career, right? Yeah, how, how does that one goal kind of like change your whole career because it seems like it's kind of like was a launching pad of Roberto.
6: Uh-huh, yeah, for me, that goal was huge. It just raised my confidence level up. Just come in clutch whenever we need it, and it just really helped me out because uh, uh, the team was so good last year that it just uh, it just made me a better player and it just made me come up.
3: Where's your team's confidence over there? Because basically, I know playoffs start on Thursday um, for y'all. Start on, um, y'all play Thursday, right? It's mm-hmm. actually how how's how's the playing these crazy playoff tight games basically to get y'all ready for the playoffs? Because oh, yeah. I know you got a playoff experience, but most of y'all rosters don't. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't realize that. Yes,
6: uh huh. No, it's definitely playoff experience for me. It was like it just felt like reliving again the playoffs, the last games, and it was just great. I mean, it's great for us being six one this half of the season. Just the confidence level is up. For a state championship team, we well,
3: you know y'all used to have a really high seed. Do y'all feel like kind of have like a chip on you alls shoulder? Because uh, I, I know I talked to Drew after his game winner, and he said he likes a child all lower seed. That means y'all got to see these big teams. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks better than y'all. Is that mm-hmm. kind of y'all mentality. Come one, come all, come
6: on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean they think they're they're gonna think they're better than us because they're higher up. So, but they're not. We're gonna take it to them. And, Sean, what's up?
3: For somebody that don't know uh, uh, Coach Peak, give some insight to what he brings to this program and y'all team cuz seem like y'all are a reflection of him on the field mm-hmm. cuz he never panics, he's never too high, he's never too down and mm-hmm. that's how this team is.
6: Yes, uh Coach Peak is a great coach. He's always like he knows what to do in the right time and he, he really pumps us up before our games and like uh, really, like tells us what to do in the right the right time, and it really helps us.
3: Did y'all feel the pressure the last couple of weeks, not to be the team to end the streak? Mm-hmm. As as we, as it worked out for y'all, y'all the y'all the nineteen in a row for a boy boy soccer program to go to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Did that streak play any any um aspect into y'all psyche over the last couple uh, weeks? Did y'all talk a, about it? Uh,
6: to be honest, we didn't even talk about it. Like we we're just focused on the next game and just trying to win and get to playoffs.
3: We, I know y'all are starting to scout sexy and all that. What y'all seeing on them and what's going uh, to take uh, beat them? We're,
6: we're just about to talk about them. I, to be honest, I don't really know anything about them. We're just going to, uh, today and the rest of the week, just, we have film on them.
3: Just... It exciting. Like today, a lot of people are turning their gear. Mm-hmm. Y'all forgive me for playoff game. How excited yes. is that?
6: It's really exciting. I'm really excited for this team. I think we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it where we were last year, and hopefully win it this time. In the regional finals.
3: And final question for me: When somebody says "Code Red" to you, what does "Code Red" mean to you? And what do you want people to know about the Code Red course system that y'all have at Boyd? And how does that help y'all on and off the field?
6: Uh, code Red represents, uh, to be honest, Boyd soccer. It's just hard work, um, dedication, um, joy. Talk, Coach Peek talks about a lot about joy, and you choose uh, when to. Uh, you know, uh, enjoy your day and want to like uh, keep your mindset positive and, and everything you do. And that's code red, like just being, uh, have the right mindset all the time and just hard work.
7: Welcome back to the Stark Media High School Sports Podcast. Thanks again to McKinney Boyd's for Gonzalez Gutierrez. I think that's uh, hopefully I got that all correct there. But uh, you it. Yeah, we're uh, we're swapping me in for a little bit of uh, turns then to a, a little bit of eight five a boys soccer talk. Region one five a uh, in the postseason. The only three teams we have left on the boys' side are all from that district. Eight five a, the Colony, Little Elm, and Lake Dallas. Obviously, the uh, the district champion out of eight five a. So um, I guess I can start with. Uh, with those Falcons, man. I mean, it's. Uh, How about them Falcons? Man, it, it was a season that, you know, I, I saw coming a little bit as far as just them taking a step forward. Um, you know, last season, they were really good. Uh, first postseason win in program history over Lone Star, pretty emphatic. It was like 3 1. Hung with Lovejoy in the second round, a Lovejoy team that I think is is probably better than they are this year. Um, and and nearly upset them in the second round. It took a, a last-second goal and then a goal in overtime for Lovejoy to beat them last year. Um, and, and talking to head coach Brandon Martin uh, at Lake Dallas, that's definitely been kind of a motivating factor for them. You know, as confident as they are, as good of a regular season as they had, uh, unbeaten in district play in 8 5 a they went 10-0-2. So mm-hmm. the two draws, but no no losses. Uh, They finished up with, I think, a 5-0 win over Denton Ryan to make that happen. So, you know, that was kind of a point of pride. They'd never had um, in school history a a season where they were unbeaten in district. So that was kind of another kind of milestone, stepping stone, point of pride for them to to get that done. But, you know, honestly, Martin said that, you know, the way that they lost in the playoffs last season um, with the team that they even had then uh, has really kind of been a motivating factor all year to you know, be confident, but not be overconfident. Mm-hmm. Play all eighty minutes because it was literally an eightieth minute goal that sunk them last year, that sent it to overtime, where Lovejoy eventually scored. So, but this year, I mean, it's it's been pretty much pure dominance. You know, I don't know a lot about you know Region one five eight, A. It's a lot of teams from you know West Texas all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that El Paso Bel Air, I believe, is is like twenty and one. Um, yeah. Twenty something in one. I mean, it's I, you
5: doing your El Paso I, research? Okay. I,
7: I mean, they're, they were ranked um, pretty highly in, in some of the rankings I saw, but you know, I really know next to nothing about mm-hmm. this about this region, yeah. and I can imagine that all our teams in A five A don't know a whole lot either, uh, just because it's a lot of teams from kind of outside, um, you know, the the area and the metroplex and all that good stuff. But you know, just kind of looking through um, at some of the matchups. It gets the feeling for me that, that if you're like Dallas, this is kind of a year where you feel like you can maybe make a run. I mean, I don't know exactly how soft or, or this region may be, but, I mean, 10-0-2 in district, pretty much demolishing everybody, playing really well on both sides of the ball, um, very confident, really not struggling with anything. Um, they seem very even-keeled. Brandon Martin's got them, you know, not really looking past any anything. I mean, I know they're confident. I know they think that, you know, this is a year they can make a deep run. Uh, But at the same time, pretty much all season, they've been really good about, you know, looking at the next game and and then the next game and kind of worrying about just what's in front of them and not trying to get too far ahead of themselves. So um, they opened with Saginaw. Uh, It's it's a more technical uh, group, I think Brandon Martin said, because there, there was an option. You know, and a lot of these, a lot of these playoff matchups have been up in the air for a while um, with seven five a, but it all got sorted out finally last week with the last game. And and Lake Dallas could have either gotten Brewer or Saginaw. Uh, Brewer's a more physical side, and and Saginaw, he said, has a very veteran coach, a uh, couple of really good technical players. So Lake Dallas will kind of have to, um, you know, sit back and, and make sure they make their counterattacks mm-hmm. uh, worth it, and and kind of just play a little bit more of a slower paced game instead of trying to press. You know, the Brewer team that that they thought they might draw, but. I don't really see them having a lot of trouble in the first round. Um, I don't really see them having a lot of trouble in the second round outside of, you know, some craziness. I think that they're set up to have their longest postseason run in, in school history. And then, you know, you start getting into potentially regional tournament time and, and, running into some of those schools that we don't know a whole lot about. I mean, who knows, but you know, it's, it's been a great year for Lake Dallas. I see it continuing for a while and, and, uh, uh, certainly based on the results against, yeah. <laughs> you know, the teams that, that you guys cover. So I don't know who wants to who wants to jump in next, but Little Elm and the Colony, Goodyear's in their own right, but, you know, a little bit tougher path, it seems like, maybe.
5: I mean, yeah, Little Elm, they're the four seed, but props to them back in the playoffs for the first time since 2014. Uh, you know, they had a, a pair of brothers move in, one that they thought was going to be a part of the academy. You know, that's been a big right. problem for high school yep. teams mm-hmm. uh, the last few years. One of them was going to play for the academy, and then he kind of fell in their lap. He brought his little brother, uh, Santiago Castarena, who's their leading scorer now. Uh, and Coach Aaron Ziem told me, I spoke with him last week, he said, well... You know we've had a lot of guys step up and this and that yada yada. We also got really lucky had yep. these guys come say, in. They,
7: well, and they kind of got in right at the very end, right? I mean, it was kind of up in the they, air for them right toward. They had
5: two wins uh, late to close out the season against Denton and Denton Ryan. Yeah, and those were those were big. And they shut them out both times: two zero to Denton uh, and two and five zero to Denton Ryan, I believe,
7: yeah. uh, to clinch that playoff spot. You know that's big. That's you big. You can't for really underestimate momentum sometimes. I mean, just no. that 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 ability to to sneak into the postseason and feel good about yourselves and you know kind of be there and and have gone on a little bit of a hot streak you know and you know it's it's uh it's certainly a, a bonus i think
5: and I, I don't know if it has something to do with the fact that the little Elm um girls team is doing yeah. so well their first district title ever and then you have the boys team you know kind of feeding off that momentum mm-hmm. and so things are looking good with the the little Elm um boys and certain girls soccer programs right now but we'll see they have a tough task uh against grapevine to start off the the, the postseason so yeah. we'll see there how they how they do in the first run
2: guess that comes to me then. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Colony finished second. They get Fort Worth Brewer. You kind of alluded to them yep. earlier being a real physical team. Um, you know, Lake Dallas had those two draws. The Colony got one against them. They yep. also lost a, a close one, 3-2 to Lake Dallas. So they're um, playing well after they had a little blip where they lost back-to-back games to Braswell and I think maybe Denton. But uh, since then, they've finished strong, you know, uh, win, win their last four or mm-hmm. don't get a loss in their last four, I guess I should say. Um, I really like... This colony team because of their depth. They have 12 right. different players that scored goals. They have 15 different players that uh, recorded assists on the season, yep. so they can get you from a lot of different ways. Um, they're pretty motivated, you know, back in the playoffs for the second year in a row, pretty experienced, um, looking for their first playoff win since um, 2014. You know, um, Dawson Kalinich, their goalie, he's had mm-hmm. a really strong season. I think he's averaging a little less than one goal per match allowed. Um, Calamus Griffin and Babaji Adesanya are kind of their leading scorers. What a name. Yeah, oh. I think I just got it right. A couple <laughs> <of> good names. <laughs> and then you have a guy like Jose Valdespino, who's a real creator for them. He only scored, you know, a couple goals, but he was up in double digits in assists and right. one of their top distributors. So real balanced team. Um, have the potential to, you know, put some goals on the board, but also shut teams down with Dawson Klinich. So I kind of like how they're setting up and... You know, going through this district and playing teams like Lake Dallas, mm-hmm. you should kind of prepare them for a, for a more physical team, I would think.
7: Yeah, well, in that Brewer matchup, I mean, you know, it, it sounded like when I talked to Brandon Martin, obviously, you know, he's going to give you the coach's answer of, you know, I don't really care who we play. It doesn't really matter. We're going to prepare the same way, whatever. But, you know, that Brewer side seems a little more... You know, just based on, on my conversation with him, maybe unrefined or not quite so, because Saginaw, he said, coach, very experienced, couple guys that really know how to play, really technical, um, able to create some really nice chances off some some said stuff. So, you know, that Brewer squad, even though they finish technically above, you know, Saginaw, it yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that yeah. it may not be the better matchup yeah. for the Colony, so... Who knows? I guess I should mention that'll be 7.30 Thursday at
2: Marcus, and it's going to be a doubleheader of the girls at 6, the Colony girls at 6, and then the boys at 7.30 out at Marcus High School.
7: That Lake Dallas game, I guess I should also mention that. I will not be out there. Matt, I think, <laughs> will uh, will be in, uh, taking in his first uh, Lake Dallas boys soccer game, potentially ever. I don't know. But it, <laughs> the, 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 Falcons, the Falcons will host Saginaw um, Thursday at 8, a little bit later start than normal. But um, yeah, they'll, they'll host Saginaw Thursday at 8, so... I guess with that, that just about does it for the, the Region 1 uh, 5A discussion. We'll do almost a complete line change. I think you may be sticking around with Kendrick and Devin for Region 2, like 5A. That, yeah. <laughs> um, you got some Frisco schools and stuff to talk about, I'm, I'm almost certain. But uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, we got a couple more, uh, couple more minutes of boys soccer talk before we wrap this episode up. So stay tuned. We'll do a line change. We'll be right back.
3: Welcome back. Final line change. I'm Kendrick Johnson. Sports editor McKinney here is that my guy to <coughs> my left. Devin Hassan, sports editor McKinney. Bah. Mesquite, 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 mesquite. mesquite. same I thing. McKinney, mind. Mesquite, same thing. Y'all yeah, still know this guy right here. I've been sitting here the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. We're here to talk region two. What's give us an insight on the Frisco schools? It's like Oof. it's not even decided, man. man that's an open ended question right now. With <laughs> where, where, where should I so be? So I'm going in? to the expert. It's
5: okay. So obviously four Frisco teams are in, are in the playoffs. You know, the best soccer district in the state, and for 5A at least, in my opinion. A lot of coaches will, will Dean, say Dean that too. For sure, for sure. Um, I want to start with a team that didn't make the playoffs <laughs> the Frisco Centennial Titans. If you finish, so they finished with 11 wins and two losses, okay? Five ties. That, those five ties cost them a playoff spot. They're one of the hottest teams in that district right now, if not the hottest. And they finished one point short of reaching a, a playoff spot. Last year's district champion, Frisco Centennial, and that's tough, man. They're, they're traditionally one of the best boys, Frisco teams, year in, year out. That's tough to see. Why, it, were they that devastated? Oh, I'm sure they were. I mean, I, I didn't see – I wasn't at their final game. I was at uh, – there's a teaser. I was at Wakeland Heritage, two teams that are headed to the playoffs. I was at that game. That game decided the district champion, and I'll get to that game in a minute. Um, but, you know, you look at Centennial, man, that's tough. That, that's, that's five ties go, come back to bite you. But when you win 11 games, only have two losses and you don't make the playoffs. Well,
4: it it makes you wonder, too, because so many of these districts, um, particularly the ones I cover, they all go to a shootout after. There's no tie to determine the point system, so you get one or two points uh, based on how the penalties go, and so you wonder if if that was the format there, would that have made a difference in the end?
5: Oh, man, that would have made things really interesting because in Frisco, you tie, you get one point. Heck, I I saw Heritage play Memorial Girls uh, last week in a game with playoff contention on the line. That game ended in a 0-0 draw, so, (laughs) (laughs) I mean... uh, but, but, yeah, I, I bet you right now Centennial is wishing they would have, you know, yeah. done the whole overtime, extra-time shootout type deal. But if you put Centennial in almost any other 5A district, they're either one or two in that district.
3: No doubt about it. What about Frisco? Let's get some insight on Frisco Heritage. who will be taking on McKinney North at MIC Stadium um, Thursday. I covered McKinney North. We've had a bounce-back season. First time to make the playoffs since 2016. Shout out to Coach CJ Shelton getting it done in his first job. And they're a team that don't look like you look at them on paper. and Like, oh, these guys aren't good. You <laughs> put them on the field, they get it done. Pa- they, they pass show, the eye test. Yeah, when they, when, they, when, they, when they when the when the lights are when the lights are on, they do their thing. So, where did they finish in district? They finished second. second in, okay. Um, in a very tight contest, it came down to the last race with Wiley East. I mean, Wiley East finished third. McKinney North finished. Uh, Take Seven. that back. While the East, while the East finished first, Kenny North finished second, and Princeton finished third. And all three teams, even though um, North and um, Princeton played for the third, the second base spot, North won four to one. They scored three goals in the last ten minutes, so the game was way closer because they brought up everybody. They scored two late goals, but even the Princeton coach is like we're gonna shock these Frisco schools. They they take it personal <laughs> that everybody's like basically saying first Frisco I S D is gonna sweep them so you can tell the the teams in that district, the ten A district, have a chip on their shoulder. I don't North we- doesn't really talk about it. They look at their they're a type of team they they play first style soccer. So they feel they match up. Like they I think they they would be in the mix, I know, if not in the playoffs in that district. So they feel that they they got what it takes to get it done. But they're, I'm pretty sure behind the scenes, the Wiley Easts and the Princeton's and the McKinney Norths are tired of hearing. First guys, going to sweep them. Wiley East is going to lose to Lone Star.
5: <laughs> the best matchup, I think, is yeah, McKinney and North just, and Wiley, Heritage. Wiley, Wiley East will win district, too. Oh, I know, and they're going to lose to Lone Star. <laughs> <laughs> I, you can He's book that. No, to do. <laughs> no, no. And then the McKinney North, I'm kind of worried about that matchup with Heritage. Heritage just ended their season with a 2-2 tie to Wakeland. The two-time defending state champions, the the district champions, once again, in this district. That was one heck of a game, by the way. You know, what better way to to go into the playoffs, you know, with a tune-up game, first place against second place, the winner of that game. So if Heritage would have won that game, they would have been tied with Wakeland uh, in points. And they had tied previously... In the, in the season before that Probably. So if Heritage would have won They would have had the tiebreaker They would have been co-district champions But Heritage would have been the number one okay. seed And Wakeland would have been playing Wakeland would have been playing No, Wakeland uh, would have been two.
3: two
5: So they would have been playing Princeton uh, And then Frisco would have been playing McKinney North there, There's so many good teams it's, it's insane But, you know, Heritage much improved this year Last year they were 3-11 and in district play In 13-5A What's McKinney the been they coach uh, Adrian Puente told me after the game it's just the senior leadership he said there's just better leadership this time around last year if they lost a close game or they lost a couple games in a row they were just it would just kind of kind of give up it was just the mentality wasn't there and then this year they've just they've been grinding and you know they bounced back after they lost uh, March 5th. To Centennial, and that was a crucial game right there. Centennial was trying to climb back up in the playoff picture, and they bounce right back with a win over Lone Star, and then they tie Wakeland. So, you know, it's it, this district is literally a dogfight. They're more – all of these teams in the Frisco district are battle-tested right now, and I don't think anyone wants to play Anyone from the Frisco district right now. So, I you see the
3: uh, North and Liberty game going? I or think, The North uh, and Heritage? Heritage game. Yeah, There's so many. I get them. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> trust me. I know. So the, I, I think whoever scores first will win this game because North is that team, once they get that lead, it's like they, they bring in the closer. They shut it down. They're one of those teams that's hard to come back on because they're so technically sound and they're mm-hmm. undercover fast. It's like you don't think they're fast until they run by you down that sideline.
5: Well, here's the deal they were down 2 0 to Wakeland. Friday night. that be church. It's not going to happen this time. And they, they and they came back, scored a goal in the 50-somethingth minute, and then they scored again in the 79th minute to tie it, to force the tie. And they celebrated after they scored the, to, to tie it like they just won the district, even though that kind of didn't help them really. They still had to score another goal, but it just wasn't enough time left. But to your point about if McKinney North can score first, I don't know. Heritage showed some grit in that second half against a really – Really good Wakeland team. Shout out to the Wakeland Wolverines, District Champs. If you the
3: man, you got to beat the man. Yeah.
5: So we're going to see if somebody can beat the man. This might be the best Wakeland team in my time here. This is my third season here. This is, ironically, it's Coach Andy Holt's third season with the team also. They've won two, two state titles. Great coach. One or two of those titles was actually really surprising. Last year, they finished fourth in the yes. district. I'm hearing there's some rumbles at this, and just from what I've seen also, this might be their best team. Because in previous years, their better players were freshmen and sophomores. You know, last year the state tournament MVP was a sophomore, Mark Barbonis. He's back and he's just on a tear at the forward position.
3: Under- de- 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 Devin, the guy was a water boy as a freshman. He was. Yeah, well, he, no, no, say, no, no.
5: He was on JV, and then for the state tournament, they brought, they let him, you know, be one of the managers that tournament. And then fast forward the water twelve water months. Water boy. Okay, you want to? Call-
4: but, no, you can't undersell experience, and these guys have been there before. I mean, they yeah. know how what it takes to win in the playoffs went
3: to that yeah. level. So. The, the, can anybody from McKinney, I mean, for Mesquite, I keep getting mm-hmm. so much, I'm so fixated. Sad, yeah. same word, same letters. Am so, so. anybody from Mesquite <laughs> Can they fixate and take an upset bid?
4: You know, Poteet and West Mesquite run through a different road because they're on the other side of that, that bracket. That. Then, then they, they go to they East ignore. Texas. And, yeah, so it's really hard to scout. Mm-hmm. Uh, Poteet, for instance, they, well, they play Ennis, which isn't too far out there. Uh, the first round, 7.30 Friday at Fraser Middle <laughs> School. Uh, this is their 12th straight playoff appearance. Uh, they didn't come in with a lot of experience. Um, Miguel uh, Rosales, uh, Steven Martinez, Anthony Barr with three of their kind of returning starters. Those guys have produced. Uh, Miguel Rosales leads the team with nine goals and 12 assists. Um, but they've had, they needed some guys, younger guys, to step up, and they've gotten it. Uh, Leah Lane has 10 goals. Uh, Jorge Mila has five goals and seven assists. So they've gotten some of these other guys to step up around them i will be interested to see, to see what they do in this first running against Ennis because, again, it's so hard to tell how good a district is when you don't see them all the time. Yeah. Um, but I think that'll be a good problem. They're the second seed. Um, West Mesquite, uh, as a district champion, they have fourth seeded uh, Corsicana, uh, 7.15 p.m. Friday at Mesquite Memorial. Uh, this is a West Mesquite team I've been kind of touting for a few weeks now as, as kind of a sleeper, uh, if you can call a team that's 18-3 and 3-a sleeper. But, uh, you know, I think this is a West Mesquite team that people kind of over Overlooked. Uh, they set a school record for district wins this year uh, with 11. It's the first outright district championship, I believe, in program history. Uh, Junior Saavedra is one of the best players that in the area. Um, he's got 16 goals this season, but he missed most of district play. So he just came back in the in their district finale last Friday, scored twice and had an assist in his return. And mm-hmm. just one of those guys that jumps off the field at you, you know, and just a dynamic playmaker and a guy that can be a difference maker. But without him during district play, they had a lot of other guys step up.
3: So the team got better as a result. Yeah, yeah they had to learn to, to live without him. And, and, and what's and his name again? Junior Savedra. It's like hearing your body, seeing your bi legs, like, like you talking about Tattoo junior. Yeah. No, he's, <laughs> Shout out the tattoo. Yeah, well, yeah, high school psych I mean, like face, and he, he,
4: he really is one of those players that you remember because he'll he'll he'll. Produce a play that you'll be talking about when we talk about plays of the year a couple of years on the road. Remember this top thing. He did it a couple times last year. Uh, but like I say, Edgar Lopez has, has 13 goals this year. Carlos Lara uh, has nine goals. Their Man. defense has been excellent. Baby and Luna, their goalkeeper, set a school record with 15 shutouts this year. Man. So, I mean, so, they so yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they average three goals a game. They're only giving up half a goal um, against them. Uh, they outscored their opponents 38 to 4 in district. And their one district loss was a 1 nothing affair to 10 Carroll, uh, in which they outshot him by over 20 shots, but just couldn't okay. get, one past the, get one in the net on that one of those nights. But, uh, you know, again, I'm really interested to see. They go, I think everybody agrees that the, the road to state goes through Frisco in some form or fashion, but this is a West Mesquite <laughs> team that they're not going to see, if they see a Frisco team, it's going to be basically, you know, four rounds deep. You know, in the regional yeah. tournaments. Mm-hmm. So, um, if they can continue to play the way they're playing, uh, build some momentum. You know, they pushed Frisco Centennial down. So it was, Frisco Centennial scored late, late, late in that game to edge them by one goal last year. So, they showed they can compete with those Frisco teams mm-hmm. a year ago. They're a much better team this year. They have experience. So, I, I look for, especially West mosquito And I wouldn't surprise me if Potique was able to make a, a little run too. But West Musketeer is a team to keep an eye on.
3: So, you're saying they have a chance? I'm saying <laughs> they have
4: a very good chance. <laughs> I know I'm not going to convince Mr. Murphy just yet,
3: but uh. <laughs> hey, anything can happen once you get to the regional tournament. The yeah, by district yeah. round, that's a different story. Yeah, that, 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 that's true. I saw that last year at the 6A level. A team uh, from Irving, Irving MacArthur, um, in no Irving High, Burley got in. Needed a tiebreaker scenario yeah. to get in, and they end up being three or four of the top ten teams in the state yeah. to get to the state, including tournament. McKinney Boyd, <laughs> who was the best team in the nation. <laughs> So anything can happen To the regionals Oh yeah So Especially it, looks like, that, it looks like We're going to be doing this again In a couple of weeks we going to see how, how things shake out Especially up. when you get That crazy spring weather And the winds gusting 25 miles an hour And you know, sure. it's, anything will happen but, but, but at least At least in this region Everybody will stay Within uh, 100 to 200 miles yeah. Within Dallas when, um, And uh, other regions When you get in the region 1 They got to go way out To West Texas Where you get 45 to 50 mile winds And they ain't no joke Isn't yeah. that where Boyd lost to Irving In West Texas? Out yeah. in Midland, Texas Yeah mm. Well, I guess that's, that's a wrap for this section. We gave you four for the price of one. Kenny <laughs> Johnson. You forgot my name. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I thought you just jumped Oh, Brian Murphy. I thought, I, I, thought you, I thought you were going <laughs> to say my name. Boy, man. Okay. Signed off for this final edition. Please have a good
6: week.
0: Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than starlocaljobs.com.